With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every morning, Darren Armstrong talks Big Brother looking at the stuff from yesterday. All the drama, all the strategy and silliness from Theo to HOH. Every single season, you know he is the reason. You know what's happening. Rob said that he could do it. Tomorrow he will do it again. Hello, everyone, and good morning. Welcome to our live feed update for August 7th. I'm your host, Aaron Armstrong, and with me today is Puya. How are you doing, Puya? I'm doing lovely, Karen. We're back. We're live. It's happening. The house is going on. The house is on fire. It's, it's been a lovely two days. Speed speaking, not so much socially speaking, because I've done nothing else, but I'm excited to talk about it. Mm. Uh, yes, we are here live on a Puya Friday to talk right. about day two of Big Brother 22, All Stars 2. And we're going to tell you about everything that happened yesterday on the Big Brother 22 live feeds. And it was a day, Puya. A day would be putting it lightly. Yes, we, um, we did watch the start of the feeds together on your stream. Uh, that was fine. It was uneventful for the most part. It was just exciting to be there. Yesterday was the meat and potatoes. Yesterday, we got everything that I've been waiting to get. It's been a lot. There's a lot to dissect, so we might as well get to it um, because I just want to rip into it. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So we, uh, we, re- we started the day um, with, with some light conversation. Uh, we mentioned this, uh, at the, uh, end of the previous live feed update that Bailey and Janelle had been talking a little bit. Um, the Janelle had been a little bit worried that she might be nominated. Uh, she thinks that Cody is a guy's guy and that, uh, um, Bay was saying that uh, that Cody and Tyler might be uh, close. Um, a lot of this is stuff that you uh, that we will continue to see uh, being talked about throughout the day. Um, and really, uh, Bailey and Janelle, they're not going to be talking too much, but they do seem to have a decent connection. They're going to talk a little bit later in the day. Um, they seem to trust each other a, a decent amount. Um, it it kind of feels like 
either they have a pre-existing relationship or might have lightly pre-gamed with each other. Um, but uh, but nothing too serious. I, I'm not. I don't think. Yeah, this is you know this is two house guests from worlds apart. You could say they're from very far seasons away, but it does seem like they have some kind of connection or at least banter amongst them. I've seen them multiple times in different moments talking about different things, not necessarily just game. I don't, I can't, I can tell that the, the trust isn't a hundred percent there, but this is definitely someone that, um, Bailey's talked to Janelle and Janelle's talked to Bailey, at least on some level where there's an understanding there and there is a bond there and they are just like exploring it more and more. Mm. So, uh, Danny is going to be talking with Franzel. I'm calling her Franzel. I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, Danny uh, continues to talk about people being starstruck with Janelle and Kaser and how they should be targets. Um, I saw uh, Dominic tweeting, I believe, on Danny's account, something along the lines of like, guys, remember, the game did not start yesterday, uh, which seems to imply that perhaps something happened in the pregame between Danny and Janelle and Kaser or something along lines which is weird because janelle seems to have a perception of danny that is i want to work with danny i think danny's trustworthy let's work with danny and danny seems to have a perception of janelle which is why isn't she a bigger target she needs to be a target uh people are starstruck by her and uh it's, it's, i'm not into it uh people should be targeting janelle yeah, I do feel like, you know, a lot of the, the echo in the community is that Danny's doing the most right now, doing a lot, peddling a lot. And this was this is probably the biggest um, a war cry she's had so far in the house is Janelle and Kaser are worshipped. They need to be looked at. They're a pair. They need to be looked at. She is one of the ones I think is that it's the most loud about trying to put the pairs into the forefront. I think. This is just Danny's MO of let me kick as many things in front of me as possible to start. And then I can just have multiple barriers in front of me. But I don't and I don't think it's like completely from a place of malice. It's more so let me just put other people in front of me and then work with the people I want to work with anyways, even if they're targets now. Yeah, I think that if I had to guess, if there was something that happened in the pregame, um, we had been hearing that Janelle was doing a lot in the pregame, that she was pregaming a lot. Uh, if Danny was not doing a lot of pregaming, but one of the people she was pregaming with was Janelle, and she felt like, okay, maybe we can do something here. And then she starts to hear that there's a lot of pre-gaming happening by Janelle and that Janelle's talking to a lot of other people, then she may feel like, oh, I was being played. Janelle's talking to a lot of people. I'm not talking to a lot of people. And now she might come in thinking, okay, Janelle is dangerous in this game. Everybody's sucking up to her. She probably pre-gamed a lot. This, I don't like that. Whereas Janelle looks at it like, Danny is one of the people that I talked to. Danny is one of the people that, uh, that you know, I can probably work with because I pre-gamed with her. This is all complete conjecture on my part, but uh, but there's something going on here. Yeah, there's definitely something. And we're, we're going to continue seeing this moving forward. I think um, they're kind of just swimming around each other right now. Um, I do think that Janelle has Danny's best interests at heart from what I've seen, from what I've gathered. But I think Danny feels like she's got a little bit more leeway around the house uh, to just not really want to commit to this relationship, at least for the time. being. Yeah. Um, so they they also talked about uh, how they are worried. Uh, Danny in particular is worried about Bailey and uh, Devon. Um, 
and how they uh, she thinks that they are friends and that they're trying to play their relationship down. Um, now, there is a relationship there. Uh, Swaggy tweeted out that Bailey and Davon in particular have not interacted all that much. However, uh, Davon and Swaggy have had a close relationship because she was there for him um, while Bailey was in the house. Um, and they also are going to have a conversation a little bit later in the day um, that we brought up on the draft last night in front of a lot of people where, where Davon essentially was like, I'm so sorry I wasn't there for you after the season. She was in tears. They gave each other a hug. Um, so they, uh, so Danny is concerned about this. Danny uh, doesn't, doesn't seem to love Bailey. She thinks that, and, and look, Danny has been against Bailey from the start, against Janelle from the start. Again, if Bailey did some light pre-gaming with Janelle, which I just speculated a little bit earlier, and that's the thing that Danny heard in the pre-game after Janelle tried to pre-game with her, then perhaps that explains why she's anti-Bailey, why she thinks Bailey's friends with Janelle, why she's worried about Janelle, and why she's worried about Bailey being friends also with Davon. I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with a theory here. Yeah, it's it's I think it's very hard to gauge because even though I do I do say, you know, there's a lot of meat and potatoes on the floor where we're getting a lot of the linkages, we're still also not getting all the context behind the links. There are some connections, some accusations, some reads that do not have enough um, supporting documents as evidence for them. So it is, I do think there's stuff that's in the pregame that we're not privy to just yet that will probably hopefully come into the forefront at some point. But I have, I'm telling you, as a, as a Danny fan, as someone who also thinks Danny's doing a bit of the most, I also am noticing that Danny likes to continuously bring up as many duos, pairs, extra extra evidence of like these are the people that need to be looked at these are the people that are sketching me out because put them all in front of me and then no one's going to touch me because i'm i'm alone i'm no one's here with me so <laughs> rob in the chat light pre-gaming sounds so innocent yeah yeah well, it Just never light is pre-gaming Puya. you know you, you know. know yeah yeah there there is such a thing as light pre -game. there isn't there really isn't you're either <laughs> full tilt or you're not doing anything let's be real it's, it's a lot <laughs> Yeah. Way. Um, Danny is going to talk with Davon. Um, they both agree that the game is best in its rawest form. Those are the best seasons. No twists. Twists are dumb. They both agree. They all agree. This is going to be a topic of conversation all day long from multiple times from multiple people in this all star cast. They all agree the best seasons are the ones with the fewest twists. Twists get in the way of gameplay. It makes it harder to be entertaining. Um, all of these veteran players know the truth. Someday production will surely find out. Right? Someday. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just like Ian said not, coming into the night. Luck. Like, there's a lot of luck when there's a lot of twists. So if, if everyone wants the rawest form of the game, which is as little twist as possible, just a pure game, it's because then... You know who the real makers are. You know who the real movers and shakers are. You know who's the best. And that's how you get the title. This way, it leaves a little bit. It gives you a lot more stress, I feel like, with all the twists that come in. So I totally see it. I get it. Even though some of these people have not watched the rawest form of the show. But we'll get there. 
Yes. Um, Danny, the thing that Danny likes to do when she talks to people is, um, no, I really like you. Like, I, I like you. Um, like, I like, like, you. like, I, I, I like you, Davon. I, I think that you're great. And, you know, it's funny because when we talked about Danny in the preseason, we talked about how uh, she works with the people she likes. So mm-hmm. I, this really is her being like, I, I like you. I would like to work with you. Davon likes Danny as well. Um, and uh, Danny does say that she, uh, that she feels like we need to go after the pairs. Pairs are the dangerous pieces on the board. It's easy for Danny to say she's not really part of a pair. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh they talk about again, Kaser and Janelle are big targets. Um, Keisha and Memphis, they they were tight on their season. Um, you know, they talked about Enzo, so social. He's definitely going to make it far. Um, and Danny brings up, you know, I expected to not like Tyler because I hated him on his season, but he's so nice and he's just he's coming in so lost. Um, like I just like him. I like him. What's not the like, right? Am I right? I mean, th- that's the beauty of watching some of these perceptions coming. Cause like Danny's Twitter was one of the ones that was caught out, you know, like, Oh, she talked about Tyler. She wasn't a fan during BB eight, BB 20. And now you look at it here and she's kind of changing her tune on it a little bit. I think it's equal parts. Like once you meet someone in person, it's a different vibe, but also, you know, I, I do think that, and we're definitely going to touch on this, but I think Tyler is doing a good job at it as well. Um, so it's it's interesting to see. It's also interesting to note that when you think when she brings up pairs, when they're talking pairs, when anyone's talking pairs really in this house, it's Janelle and Kaser, number one pair with like no competition. That's the one they talk about the most. Then Keisha and Memphis are being brought up. But then, you know, they're talking about Tyler. They're not talking about Bailey. Now, are they? That's not happening. So, well, that, yes. Yeah, in this conversation, uh, after Tyler's brought up, the the question comes how are Bailey and Tyler? Uh, and Davon says, I believe it's Davon says, uh, Bailey and Tyler, Tyler, they know each other, but they, they didn't like each other. Yeah, they didn't vibe. And like, that is, this is what happens when the, you think about, you know, what's their relation. And you think about that one argument with the mouth bleeding. And that's what everyone goes back to. What they don't think about is, Hey, behind closed doors, they seem to have patched things up real nice, real smooth. So, and they're able to, again, they're able to play this off in a way and get away with it in a way that I don't think any of the other pairs have been able to shed that skin. So it's good for them. It's working for them. And I mean, they're both doing to my opinion, a good enough job of where no one's even looking at them as individuals, let alone as a pair. So it's looking Mm -hmm. real nice for the two of them right now. Yeah. After, uh, after Danny leaves this conversation, uh, Devon looks to the cameras and she says, look, I'm trying guys. I know it's what you want. I know it's what the people want. Um, Davon knows that people want her to work with Danny and with Janelle. Um, and she's trying to make it happen. And like, I, I love that from, from day. Like that's part of what makes Davon Davon. But also, uh, I don't, I don't love it because like Davon, I want you to be a little more like Franzel. I want you to just like screw what the fans want, do what's best for your game. Um, because this is, this is potentially dangerous if you're trying to work both sides of this, because these two are not in the same place. They're not in the same place. One is definitely saying the other's name loud enough that at some point it could get back to Janelle that this is happening. 
Although, and like, I, I get it. I get the trying to like make her do what she wants for her. But damn it, Taryn, this would be amazing. Like, this would be like, well, which one? I think she's got to pick one. Oh, she has to pick one. I don't think there's any other way. And at this point, I think she would fare better if she went to, well, we, we'll get to where the breakdown is, but snap. I feel like she, she has her pick. She could go either side and like do well on either side, but I don't think there's any way she can make these two heads of house come together for a meal. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting because essentially like Devon had a similar choice in season 18 where she yep. could have gone with um, Nicole and Polly uh, and them, but she didn't really love those people. And she was like, I'm not I'm on the outside of that. So I don't want to go in. We talk about it as the, like the classic Devon mistake. Um, she now has a maybe somewhat similar choice where she could go with. Cody and Danny and Franzel again. Um, and, or she could go to the other side again. Um, and I, I think that perhaps again, she is in a situation <laughs> where siding with the people that the fans don't like might be the better choice for her, um, because it puts her in a, uh, slightly more advantageous position. But I think either way, she's in a pretty good spot so far. Um, she's pretty quiet throughout the day. Um, and that is, she says, her strategy for now. She wants to take things very slowly, get to know people before she throws her lot in with them. Yeah, yeah. She's just she's just flexing the social muscles is what I've been seeing as well. Not doing the most, really letting other people do that and just trying to get to know people. She spent majority of the day trying to get a puzzle done, um, which I think worked out like real six nice. Six hours. Six hours to do this puzzle. It didn't look like it warranted six hours but i think the conversation she got out of it pay their way in gold eventually. yeah and i think she was really trying to play up like man i suck at puzzles guys i'm trying so hard <laughs> laying it on real thick like six hours it took me i'm so embarrassed for myself yeah Devon, I see you. I six see you. hours was her exaggeration. I don't think it was actually six hours it was no. but it was a long time it was many hours um <laughs> So Nicole and uh, sorry, uh, Franzel and Cody are going to uh, get together in the HOH room and we're going to we're going to be able to feel out the first, uh, you know, sort of seeds of a side here. Nicole says, are we good? Like you and me, ride or die? It's like, for sure. Yes, we're doing it. Um, and uh, she's like, awesome. OK. So here's what I was thinking. Um, you make a guy's alliance. I'll make a girl's alliance. Uh, we'll we'll compare notes. Uh, you know, we'll split the house um, and uh, we'll be able to like play the play the middle of it. Um, great in theory. Um, again, though, very much the opposite of the Devon situation, because the second the fans heard this, they they collectively went friends. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, so, uh, that's not going to work out for her in that regard. Um, but, uh, but the idea is that, uh, Franzel has talked with Danny and the group that they, they entered the house with Danny, Christmas, uh, Devon and Franzel, um, that they have kind of a bond and that they've talked about potentially working together. Um, Franzel would like to work with Devon as long as she's able to mend that fence. Um, and so if she can get Danny to kind of instigate 
this uh, this alliance, then that can be her crew. And uh, and then Cody can work on pulling together some guys. His idea is very similar. Uh, he wants to get Enzo to instigate Enzo to try to get this, you know, guys thing going with potentially um, Enzo, Tyler and maybe, you know, David or Memphis or someone um, so that uh, so that they can essentially orchestrate this group. I do think that the guys side of things is a lot more likely to happen at this point. Um, Franzel has not made a lot of progress yet on the women's side of things. Um, she has made a connection to Christmas. She is in good with Danny. It's the Dave Vaughn part that I think she has um, not made a lot of progress on. And I don't know if she will make a lot of progress on. I think that it's starting to slip away from her, the Dave Vaughn connection. I think maybe more now, than even at the start of the day. I think um, Devon has worked with, talked to other people, felt out other people, whereas Franzel has noticeably, a couple of people by the end of the night have started noticing that she's, you know, talking to Cody quite a bit. So there's something going on there, even though um, they've made it a fact to tell people that they have no connection and they're trying to do what Tyler and Bailey are also doing, which is we don't know each, we didn't really talk with each other. We didn't really work with each other. So we're not really friends. Uh, situation. I do think it's funny that they're both doing the same approach of, hey, let's get one of the people that we want to work with to initiate it because they seem like they would. Like, I think making Enzo do it is the smartest thing Cody could have done. Um, and, because obviously, you know, we've all seen it. Enzo likes to brag about it. He created it. So let him do it again. It's fine. And then with Nicole, or sorry, with Franzel, this is going to be an interesting season. With Franzel, it's a situation where I think that she can easily make the connection she wants. I don't know if she's going to be able to bring them all together and create like the, the alliance as a, as a collective. I think she can work the individuals. I don't know if she can bring them all together or be savvy enough to make one of them make it happen with her in it. Yeah. You know, I've been watching Franzel over the course of the day um it it this this comparison just like keeps popping up into my head and and I people are going to kind of freak out about it a little bit uh but hear me out um because I think it's relevant as we go through the day um she reminds me a lot of Vanessa um in in the sense that like uh like no she is not as smart as Vanessa she's like a less strategic Vanessa with all of like the social faults um, and without the like uh, super strategic mind, she's like Nicole does well, not because of her social game. She does well because of her strategic game. And uh, she's kind of just like this mini version of Vanessa, a lesser version, to be clear. Um, but uh, but her her social game is so bad uh like she's she's a terrible lie like and vanessa was too i mean i look i think she's a worse social player and worse strategic player than vanessa but she has a similar ratio is what i'm trying to get at she's all strategy and no social um and vanessa was very similar um and uh she i mean vanessa also was somebody who like we used every tool she had. She would gaslight people. She would guilt trip them. She would uh, like just go full on all out cry about things like um, it really, you know, uh, it's look, 
I, I I think it's I think it's a fair comparison. Um, and and that's I think what we're seeing play out here. Um, Nicole is trying to set herself up in a way where incentives line up so that she is in a good spot. And it's the social part of things where she's failing to put the pieces into place that will make it uh, make it actually happen. Right. And I, and I do think that, um, you know, you can have all the strategic play and thought and playbook and game plan, whatever you want to call it in your mind, as much as you want. If you can't execute it, that's not good enough. And I think that is the case here, because I think especially in an all star season over any other season an all returning season, having the social capability of making your strategic plays become reality is the most important tool in your arsenal. And I do think that is a tool that she does not really have a good version of. So I, I do think her idea is great in theory. I mean, you bring the guys, I'll bring the girls. It's like a middle school dance. We're all, and then we all go in the middle at some point and then we're all together and we're like mixing and matching. Great. But you have to put in the work. You have to be able to recruit the people. You have to be able to maintain that these four people in this um, alliance are going to be working together. You have to maintain that they're not going to know Cody and I are going to be close. Like there's a lot of steps that she would need socially to put capital on to make it happen. I don't think she's as savvy. So with all that being said, I'm not mad at you for the Vanessa comparison because I get which part of Vanessa you're focusing on and which Mm -hmm. part of Vanessa you're not giving her. So I get it. Yes, because 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 like I see Vanessa as the quintessential like a hundred percent strategy, zero percent social player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, I think that Nicole has a similar ratio with a significantly lower skill level. Um, and I think that the the sort of like I think that the it's not not just that, and then. Add on top of that, the sort of like no holds barred, like uh, I'm going to use every tool I have. I don't care what it makes me look like. Um, I think that uh, and I think that Vanessa is a little more um, willing to uh, own that than Mm. than Nicole is. Um, And I think that makes her much more likable. But uh, but I think that the way that they play the game has some similarities. Uh, So. Um, so Nicole, uh, so Franzel, she's talking to Cody. Um, Cody continues to talk about Danny, uh, throughout the conversation that he is, um, really concerned about her. She, he thinks she's really smart. He thinks she's sneaky. Um, and he thinks that, um, that, you know, she's somebody that they need to watch out for. Franzel says, hmm. I don't think so. I, like uh, I'm, I've, I've got her. Like uh, she's, she's one of the people that I want to bring in. Um, and like, I don't think you need to worry about that too much. Like uh, I, I, I've got her covered. Um, so uh, he's like, okay, just wa- you know, watch out for how smart she is, though. Like uh, you know, we gotta, we gotta be careful. Um, Cody has uh, thought about throwing up. Janelle and Kaser, um, but he's worried about their competition ability. That's the only thing. Um, and Nicole says, look, competitions are not the same as they were back when Janelle and Kaser played. Uh, and Cody's <laughs> like, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, and yeah, she's right. Um, uh, they talk about Memphis. Nicole thinks Memphis is awesome. Cody thinks he's great. Uh, Cody also really likes David. Cody says uh, Tyler is great to uh, to work with, but Tyler's going to be throwing competitions and they need people on their side that will win competitions. Um, So that's uh, that's the only thing about Tyler. Um, And 
Uh, Cody, I think what Cody really wanted to do before he talked to Franzel was Kaser and Keisha. I think he wants Kaser gone. Um, but uh, Nicole really pushes. No, it should be Janelle more so than Keisha. Um, that uh, if you leave Janelle off the block, she'll use the veto on Kaser. I like Keisha. I think Keisha should stay. Um, put up Janelle and Kaser. Yeah. And then it's in this conversation where um, Nicole says, you don't want Keisha to go home on your HOH. And Cody says, and I'm quoting, I don't even know who she is, which uh, just daggers to the heart. It really is like, get your history sorted, please. Please. Mm-hmm. And he's the one I'm alluding to that didn't really watch uh, the, the raw season. They don't watch the, the natural season 10. Um, because also he said, what doesn't Dan show up like at the end of it? He's not even in it. It's like, Okay, it's rough. But so the the point here being to go back to actually the topic at hand, the conversation. Um, I do think this is Nicole's way of trying to influence and trying to get um what she wants to happen, which is put the pair on the block, split them up. I think she thinks she can work Keisha. Um, I think she feels okay with Keisha, so that's good for her. And I think she I she ideally wants to have them to be split and one of them to go. So um, I think that's what she wants more than anything, but I also don't think that um, I don't think so. I, I've been I've been still thinking about this Vanessa thing you've put out there. It's like she's like the wish version of Vanessa. And I do very much see it being that way at this point, especially with other events that went on at nighttime, which we can get to when we get to. But um, it, it's it's interesting. Franzel's an interesting one to watch. I, I will say I've said in the preseason, not my cup of tea. Um, I was like, at some point, I let that go. And then now I'm like, you're literally my worst nightmare. You want all my faves gone. You, you're you on the opposite side of things. But I'd be lying if I didn't say I, I'm kind of at least getting a villain that I can look at and actively root against, but also dissect. So I'm not mad about seeing Franz on the screen yet. It could have been worse today, but yet. <laughs> Yes. And like, uh, I I like I like making these comparisons. I like seeing like the similarities and trying to like categorize kinds of gameplay. Of course, uh, I there there are people already and I can't believe that Taryn thinks that Nicole is Vanessa. Uh, Like, that's not what I said. But okay. yeah, I don't have the chat open. I was going to ask you, how's the chat feeling about what you said? Like. (laughs) I think that the chat sometimes has comprehension <laughs> problems. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Cody, um, Cody's kind of like, uh, okay. I mean, it's a big move to put up Janelle and Kaser, but look, it's all stars. It's all stars. Um, so I uh, like, what else am I going to do? Throw, throw up Ian. I mean, I, Ian, uh, Nicole's like, no, no, not Ian. Um, he's like, no, I mean, uh, yeah. Okay. Now we are going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be right back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And we're back. So let's get back to the show. Uh, Nicole talks some more about wanting to work with Day. Danny and Christmas. Um, Cody was concerned about Christmas. Um, and uh, that's one of the reasons why he wanted to win the HOH, uh, that he was concerned that Christmas might uh, do something wild party. Like, he didn't know what she was going to do. He feels like she's a ticking time bomb. Like uh, she's calm now, but he watched her season. She like bullied people. Like she was like, you know, she was big personality uh, and he's just waiting for that to go off and he's he's worried about it like he he made a joke with her um and he mentions this later in the day he made a joke with her uh like uh she was like are you ready for nominations and he was like yeah you ready to go on the block and uh she was like what uh, and he's like i'm joking joking kidding and so cody is just i think cody sees christmas as like if he does the wrong thing or says the wrong thing to her, then like she's going to snap on him. Um, yeah. And so he's, he's like, I'm just worried about her and she's a competitor. Um, so he's, he is concerned, but again, Franzel feels good about Christmas and she is going to try to, uh, to kind of put in a good word. Yeah. It's, it's funny, Karen, because when I think of the makeup of this cast, a lot of them in the face of adversity will snap, will get angry, have gotten heated before. Um, so Christmas could be one on a list of many for Cody. I feel like that's not one to worry about all that much, but I do think that eventually he's uh, brought away from that through various people. I think Nicole has put in like a good word for Christmas. I think Tyler's put in a good word for Christmas. So that's been less of a worry for him, but I do think it's something worth noting that there are a lot of people here in the face of adversity, in the face of something not going their way. We could very well see them get heated real quick. So mm-hmm. So here's the thing about this plan. Um, I don't like it. Uh, Cody wants to put up Janelle and Kaser. Okay. Now here's the thing. I do agree. Taking out Janelle would be a pretty good move from Tyler. Uh, for sorry, from Cody. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and so uh, that's and that's because Janelle has been going around trying to put a target on Cody's back. Uh, the bomb squad, the detonators, they won so many competitions. Cody's a guy's guy. Um, you can tell that Janelle came into the game worried about Cody and Cody came into the game worried about Christmas and Kaser and maybe Janelle. Um, but uh, but Janelle is definitely somebody who uh, Cody should be concerned with. Um, and so the idea of taking her out is fine. I'm not I'm not too upset about the people that he's putting on the block in terms of uh who he's targeting. I'm mostly concerned about how he has been going about this first HOH and I think there's a lot of things at play here. First, there are pregame relationships and strategies that are uh in, you know influencing the uh direction of the week. Second yes. is that Normally, the first week is actually two weeks and they have a lot of time to strategize and build things before nominations, after nominations uh, and so on. Um, And then, uh, you know, third, 
These are all all-star players and they're all savvy players. This isn't even all-stars one where there were people who were making mistakes early on and making big targets of themselves. They have all said this, that they came into this game hoping that they could essentially just sit back and let somebody else screw up. It's a very typical, like you have some experience, but you're not an expert at something. The best way to win. If you're in a game doing something like that with your level, your skill level is to wait for a new person or a beginner or an unskilled person to screw up. Uh, If you try to do something fancy, you're probably going to screw up because you're still not experienced enough to pull it off. Um, And so everybody is sitting there waiting for somebody to screw up. And there aren't any alleys or sorry, Danielle Reyes's uh, or Chicken George's or, uh, you know, Marcellus's like uh, nobody is here um, screwing up. And uh, that's leaving everybody just kind of like. Tiptoeing around like, when is somebody going to do it? What's going to happen? And Cody is sitting up in the HOH room like. I'm the first HOH. That means people come to me, right? Like, uh, I'm going to get all the information. I'm going to get all the stuff. Um, And it's not happening. And this is, so. which brings me to, I think, this mistake here. Um, He has this idea of who he wants to nominate. But part of being the first HOH is building consensus. And he understands this. Uh, They're like, oh, go after a house target. The problem is, He can't guess who the house target is. He needs to be told who the house target is. And so when he already has this idea of who he wants to nominate uh, by the time he talks to anybody and he doesn't even talk to people too often, then he's missing out on a lot of um, relationship building. He is presenting himself as having his own idea that this is not a house thing. This is 100 percent a Cody thing. And the fact that he's not talking to everybody makes the few people that he is talking to very, very obvious. Um, and so I, I think that Cody has not been playing this first HOH super well. Uh, I don't think it's going to completely tank his game, but I think he's missing out on a lot of like great advantages of the first HOH. He's leaving them all on the table. Yeah. No, and I, and I think that, um, you know, as opposed to like, so his reasoning for going for this HOH was the safety aspect. He was not really happy with the, the options on the table. He was worried about Christmas. Get safety. That's good. I do think that I would lean to agree with you here with regards to the HOH. Yes, in other seasons, everyone's going to bum rush you and kiss your you know, butt, try and get in good with you, trying to figure stuff out with you, be like, you're in my plans, whatever, whatever. This is not that season. It's not a season for that kind of stuff. If anything, I, and I think this kind of explains why there's been a lot of people that have been very cagey with doing what they did their first time of just initiating an alliance. Everyone's kind of being like parts of the vest because they don't know what, where the shoes are going to drop. They don't know who's aligned with who. They're, they know there's been pre-gaming, but not everyone maybe knows where all the cards are, are laid down. So it's a little bit more of a safe, safe gameplay. But that, then I think what you have to do if you're Cody is, Use the capital. You're safe. You are safe now. No one can touch you this week. Use this to talk to everyone, lay foundations, get what's going on, and then systematically figure out, okay, these are the names that are on the table that everyone kind of wants. Because I think the biggest problem is if you are going after two people and for some reason you don't get any of them out, 
And then next week, one of them rises to power or in a spot of influence, all it takes is for someone to be like, hey, this is who he was after. It was you. Now you're in trouble. Now, now you're in trouble and you're in the forefront of the trouble. So it's not ideal. But I think, like you said, it's not like he's in danger. It's not like he played it horribly. He just didn't play it to the ideal level that he had in front of him available. Mm-hmm. And, and here's an example. After talking to Franzel, um, he talks to Nicole Anthony and uh, right off the bat just says, you're fine. Don't worry. You're safe. Um, and then they just kind of chit chat. Nicole says that she hasn't done any pre-gaming. He says, same. One of them's lying. Um, <laughs> and uh, and this is a mistake for for various reasons. It's going to come back to bite him later in the day for uh, for one reason. But also it's an example of what I'm talking about. Um, he I think he thinks that by telling Nicole Anthony, you're fine. Don't worry. I've got you. That he's like, oh, yeah, I'm saying that I'm protecting her, that like uh, you can trust me. Um, But what he's really doing is telling her. I'm not bothering with you. You're not worthy of my you're safe. Just leave. Yeah, like I don't need you. You don't have any currency, any information that I need. Bye. Exactly. Uh, You need to make people feel included. Ask her what her thoughts are. Man, I I just won this HOH. I'm not sure what to do. What do you think, Nicole? Like, can like can we build something? Um, saying that he saying that she's safe tells her I've already got my people. I've already got my plan. And don't worry, not targeting yeah. you. And you know, and like especially she's saying I haven't pre-gamed. Even if you don't take out a face value, whatever. You know who did talk to her during the day? You know who did work with her? The people you were potentially thinking about putting on the block. The people that you were looking at. Kevin even did it. Davon did it. There's at least five or six different people that did exactly what you didn't do and now have a leg up on you with one person who even if their chance of being in power is 2%, they get it. You're not in a good spot anymore. So it's a missed opportunity, especially especially when you have safety and you don't have to trying to, you know, work, getting good with the HOAs because you are the HOA. So what do you do with that? Just fortify all of your allegiances, all of the friendships, all of the people, you know, make yourself currency so that you can use that currency later on when you don't have power. Big, big misstep in my books as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and, I, and I really do think like, um, like everything that Cody is doing would work in an, in an all new player season. This is not an all new player season. You have to adjust your gameplay. Um, and I think that's that's part of the problem here. Um, so uh, and, and here's the thing, too. All of these these all stars, they're they're smart, but they're also way too gun shy. Um, and I think Cody is one of those people that is too nervous to start playing. They're all worried about playing too hard and they need to be playing harder because uh, you're not playing hard enough. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think Cody in this moment is like, I don't want to be seen as being playing too hard. I want to be like, well, hey, let's work together, Nicole Anthony. Um, and, but so what instead he does is he brushes her off. And now she's like, I don't know if I can work with Cody now because I feel like he's probably working with other people. Um, and so if, if you're not playing the game, other people will assume you're playing the game anyway. Yeah. And so now they think you're playing hard and you don't even have anything to show for it. 
he's um by being non-committal, you are potentially leaving things way too vague for the future. Right now, like no one's saying make your big alliances. No one's saying like have your eight people locked up by any means. But in the event that you want to lock up four of those, five of those, you need to lay the foundation down inside the game. I think this is the problem. Or not necessarily a problem, but this is the thing that will happen when there was light pre-gaming, whatever you want to call it. And then there was also the subsequent, the the whole stress of, am I going to be on the season? I'm getting, I'm quarantined. I'm waiting. I'm getting tested multiple times. Oh, now I'm in the house. Now there's a pandemic. Like no one wants to blow their opportunity after going through the entire rigmarole that was, you know, the last month or so. So that being said, they're all too scared to do anything about it. And I think that's a mistake because I think the move is to be bold, be forward, have your conversations, lay down the relationships, work those angles. Don't be scared to make a shot or declare a point because that is pretty much what's needed. You know, it's the whole like when you're in a Zoom call with nine people and one person says, I'm leaving. And then like four other people say goodnight. Everyone's waiting for one person to do something. Be the one person. You will not be faulted for it because at some point that'll just ripple effect and four other people will do exactly what you're doing. Some worse than you, some louder than you, some bigger than you. So it's not a bad thing to do. Just consider it. Yeah. Uh, so Danny is going to talk with Kaser. She's like, hey, you know, you're good with me, right? I like you. Kaser uh, <laughs> says, likewise. Kaser um, is concerned that there will be an alliance that forms under the uh, under their noses around the HOH because Kaser knows uh, this is what happens. Um, and it's what should be happening. Um, and it is, but slowly. Kaser mm-hmm. um, is trying to keep an eye on Cody and Tyler. Um, and Danny says, you know, Tyler's really nice, though. Uh, and Kaser's like, that's why he's so good. You came in not liking him and now you like him. That's dangerous. <laughs> I mean, that is facts, right? Uh, the other thing I'm thinking, and I don't know, I don't think there's much validity to this. Maybe there is. Um, we know, and I'm assuming Danny knows because it was her Twitter. She has said she is not a fan of Tyler's game. Is this her correcting that and changing the narrative before anyone reveals that to her? Tyler and says, Hey, Danny wasn't really a big fan of your game. Like, is this a thing or is this like a situation? Cause like, here's the thing, Taryn. If I talk shit about you somewhere else and then we're hanging out, I'm going to be like, dude, I missed you. It's been such a good time talking to you. Just a gauge with both A, make sure that you don't think I don't like you and B, be in a position where I can gauge whether or not you know that I said, said some stuff. So I'm a little bit, I'm unsure if I, I want to give full credit to Tyler with Danny or Danny's course correcting before Tyler finds stuff out. Like I don't, I can't tell. Mm-hmm. I'm in mean, like, I've, I've thought about that as well. I don't know if I love the strategy of it, if that is what she's doing. <laughs> yeah. um, because again, like just even just mentioning like, cause she keeps, cause it's one thing to be like, Man, I really like Tyler. Uh, it's another thing that it's another thing to be like, I really didn't like Tyler. I really don't. Uh, I didn't expect to like Tyler. And she is kind of trash talking Tyler at times mm-hmm. to people uh, mentioning things that she didn't like about him. Um, and uh, and then but also saying, but he's kind of nice now. Um, so, like, if this is a strategy, then I don't think she's executing it very well. Um, but, uh, but I have thought about it. Um, but, uh, so yes, uh, we then find out what the safety suite is. We've, we've figured out the twist. Here we go. 
they are going to compete in a safety competition. Um, it takes place over the course of three weeks. There are going to be three safety competitions. Each person gets one uh, VIP safety suite pass. And over the course of these three weeks, you can choose to use your pass once. So you have three opportunities to compete for safety. Um, you do not have to uh, compete at any point um, you choose whenever it is that you want to compete so if nobody competes then there's no safety if everyone competes then you have to compete against everyone if you're the only one that competes then i think you just automatically win it um or actually they actually kind of implied that like you actually needed to like complete the thing um in order to actually win the thing so uh you might not automatically win it but you might have to like you know kind of you know caitlin herman-esque uh you know complete the puzzle um but uh so that's that's how it works if you win safety then you can choose to have a plus one who will also be safe um, and they will have to wear some sort of punishment suits or whatever um, over the course of the week because they are uh, safe and they did not win a competition. So that's basically how it's going to work. And the ramifications of this are uh, pretty significant, but in not super terrible ways. Um, so uh, basically, because there's three of these, um, you you and you choose when to compete uh it puts a lot of incentive on the hoh to not strategize at all until the safety competition is complete because if the hoh lets on who they're planning on targeting then they're letting them know that they should compete in the safety competition it makes it a significantly more likely that your targets are going to end up being safe you're gonna have to pick new targets and you're really screwed as an hoh if that happens Sorry, Cody. Um, and uh, then um, you also, as a player, choosing whether or not to compete is is quite the dilemma, because if you win, you have to show your cards and save somebody else. Um, if you play, you're showing that you don't trust the HOH not to nominate you. If you play and lose, then you're really in trouble because you just showed the HOH that you don't trust them and you're not safe. Um, and at the same time, you want to be convincing other people not to play so that your odds of winning are significantly higher. Now, there's only three of these. So by the third one, everyone left is just going to auto play. So there's only two weeks of this actually being interesting. Um, and uh, really, if you think about it, you should probably just play in the second one because by the third one, your chances of winning are so low. Um, so there are a few different things going on here. It's actually not a terrible twist. Um, it's not going to uh, do too much to hinder gameplay. And, um, in a lot of ways, it's it's a twist that doesn't screw things up too much. Usually when they introduce twists, it benefits these big alliances, these big groups. This is not one of those twists. This twist actually uh, benefits the uh, the outcasts. Um, it gives them an opportunity to save themselves and makes it harder for a big alliance to work the way that they need to work. So, um, you know. Don't don't get the, don't get a big head production, but you didn't screw this one up too bad. That's the Karen stamp of approval I hear. 
for a twist. Never thought I'd see the day. Oh, 2020 would be the year for that. Um, it's it's intriguing. It's intriguing. I like that there's some mental gymnastics involved for all parties, you know, HOH and non-HOH members. I like that. I like that they don't really... So actually, man, I don't even know this for sure. So they will not know who the plus one is till post competition wrapping up, right? Is that the understanding there? Um, well, I think once the person wins, they choose. Then the they choose. One. Okay, so cool. So then, yeah, that's fun. It's a mystery. I like that. Um, my one worry with all this, obviously, is is the thing you mentioned about the HOH just being completely silent until this is done. So that. Like that first night post HOH could be very dull because the HOH is not letting anything go out. Um, other than that, though, it's intriguing to me. It's only three weeks. That's good. It doesn't favor the majority. That's good. So, and we'll talk about this first one. All things considered, Taryn's stamp of approval. Hey, well, who am I to say anything else, huh? Yes. All right, so um, now we're going to have a segment on the live feed update that I will call uh, Tyler making final twos. Um, that's uh, <laughs> very creatively named. Um, so it's come back from the twist announcement and Tyler's in the photo room with Bailey um, and Tyler's saying, look, we need to work together, uh, obviously, um, but we should use our history. We should use it to uh, our benefit that uh, we you know we've had tension in the past we can play that up to a degree um you know and 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 look bailey like you, you know you know we've talked before but i you know i'm so sorry for everything that happened i never even deserved your vote for what i did and she was like yeah the sunglasses really hurt and he's like i know i'm such an idiot um and um he so he apologizes more um bailey's down like uh just tyler don't make me look stupid. Say like, I would never, ever want to make you look stupid. Uh, uh, like this, uh, like they are working to be clear. They are working together right now. Um, but there's so much extra texture here that uh, like could get caught on something uh so easily uh that um it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch but um but basically the idea is for tyler tyler how tyler explains this like let's try to hide in plain sight um we're not going to be like uh fighting with each other that would be weird that'd be obvious we're gonna just be polite we're gonna be like well i hope we're good um like uh just you know which I think is the right call. Like if they acted like, oh, I don't like this person. I don't like, but, uh, but if they're just kind of polite to each other in public, um, and, uh, they're like, you know, I'm worried, then, uh, I think it can work. And it's what Bailey is going to do for the rest of the day. Um, she goes, she follows through with this, uh, this plan. Um, and she says exactly what they talked about. Um, I think this is a good spot for both of them for as long as they're able to trust each other. <laughs> Yes. And, and this is a slippery slope, obviously, because I fully think they both intend on honoring this and working together. I, I do think that there's sincerity in Tyler feeling bad for what happened with Bailey. Um, there, this is clearly still a raw situation for Bailey because she even says, don't, don't be mean to me, Tyler. Like, that's all I'm asking is don't be mean. Like, I would never, I won't do it. I promise. Like, there's very much strong emotions entangled in this. 
Um, however, and I do think that they intend on working with each other. However, at some point down the road, they're going to have to throw each other's name out in some capacity. And I think you can easily tell from the way they're interacting that they're already worried about that situation happening down the line. So I think they know that this is not something that's going to last all the way. Yeah. And look, this is really interesting, especially to compare to Franzel and Day, um, who also have this history, right? Um, the difference here is is pretty pretty large. Um, Tyler and Bailey, they clashed on their season. She trusted him. He betrayed her. Uh, it's a much worse situation than the Nicole and Day situation, to be honest. Nicole and Day tried to work together. They both got paranoid. They both kind of betrayed each other. Um, it was kind of it was mostly mutual, probably more Franzel's fault than Day's, but not it was it wasn't like super one sided. Um, whereas Bailey trusted Tyler. He betrayed her. He won her back over. She trusted him again. He betrayed her again. Um, like that's hard to get over. Um, so it's a harder relationship to repair. But here's the difference. Um, Tyler and Bailey, after the season, talked it out. He apologized. They didn't like hang out a lot, I think. But um, but he apologized and they they were cool. They squashed everything. Um, they've been on good terms. He comes into the game. They talk it out. They say they apologizes again, says, let's use the thing to our advantage. We'll work together in secret. Great. That's how Tyler and Bailey have managed this. Nicole, the way Nicole is going to manage this uh, relationship with Devon is after the season of Big Brother 18, Nicole doesn't talk to Day, doesn't thank Day for her jury vote, nope. um, just kind of chills and lives her own life for a few years, comes back to Big Brother 22 and then says, you know, Day, thank you for your jury vote years ago. That was great. It changed my life. Uh, hopefully we can work together. Right. And then doesn't really talk to her for the rest of the day. Um, like, uh, you know, not not working the relationship particularly well. Um, there's a big difference here. And you can tell in the way that Bailey is now following through with the Tyler plan. And Devon is like, yeah, she never thanked me. Now she's thanking me. But it's too she late never did before. Yeah, now it's clear. Now it comes off very much like you're thanking me to work me, to play with me. So that's no good. Um, so that's not a good look at all, at all, at all. And like I, I do think that ultimately Tyler and Bailey, they wanted to make amends beyond just for the game. And beyond like Tyler, you know, for all the things that have been said about him, some of us recognize zones and whatever, whatever. Tyler is someone who Loves being loves, hates being hated. It's very obvious. And he hated the fact that him and Bailey weren't on good terms. You could even tell in the conversation yesterday that he genuinely doesn't want to hurt her. He doesn't want her to think that he would hurt her. So I see that as very genuine. I, I see that as good. Um, whereas Franzel, I, I don't see that. I don't, I, I'm sorry. I just don't. I think that 100% it's a, oh, snap. I forgot to thank her. Well, I should say it now. Like, I forgot to text her back. Let me text her now that she's miscalled me. Like, it's awkward. So, yeah, it's very one is good. One is awful. Yeah. And and again, like, this is part of why I love the because, like, I love comparing Tyler and Vanessa because I feel like they're very uh, opposite in terms of their ratio. Tyler's such a social 
player. Um, he's he's so good at drawing you in. Um, and Vanessa is such a strategic player. She positions people into the positions that she needs them to be in in order to advance. And so having Franzel here uh, to contrast with Tyler, um, Franzel is trying to use the positioning argument essentially with Devon. Um, and she knows that she needs a little bit of emotional social game to get her on board to use her more strong suit, which is the strategy uh, positioning thing. But she can't get over that small, small bump in the road. Whereas, uh, you know, it's much, much uh, easier for somebody like Tyler. Um, all right. So Bailey leaves the photo room. And in comes Christmas. Mm-hmm. Christmas is like, what's up? Oh, uh, <laughs> We're going to do this, right? Uh, they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that uh, that our ride or dies aren't here. What's going on? <laughs> uh, this is a very clear case of like they were pregaming. They were expecting to have a group and Josh and Casey are not there. And Paul is not there. And um, and they're the two people left from this group. But they were the two least connected people. And so uh, immediately they're just like, we should separate, um, keep this connection s- secret uh, because, you know, we both know that like our, we're ride or die with Casey and Josh and like we have something here like we can do uh, we can do some good things. Yeah, um, this is the second one of the th- of the three with Tyler and his. uh Tyler with final two segment that we're talking about. Yeah, I think um, so. I think me, like most people came into the season with like, why is Christmas here? This is not going to be anything worthwhile. Um, Christmas is, I mean, it's working out for Christmas. She has good connections. People like her. She's, you know, a lot of people are fans of her. And now here comes the Tyler Christmas connection. They would have been the ones with the least connections in that mix. They would have been the ones with probably who could have easily gone into the background of that big alliance. So. Now that there's just the two of them left, no one's assuming, no one's connecting the dots that, hey, these two could be working together. Because even though when you think about it, or like, yeah, technically Josh and Casey, the challenge, yes, that's a thing. Oh, Paul and Josh were a thing. Like, you can connect the dots, but it would almost seem insane for you to go all that way to connect these two. Because for there's no other real reason, right? So they're not there. Nothing to think about. They're keeping their distance, which is good. And like Tyler's doing his own thing. Christmas is doing her own thing. I think this is a very intriguing duo for me because I could see this duo going further, especially no, we don't have any proof of this yet. If Christmas is going to be a physical competitor and win some competitions here, she could easily take the spot of Casey, but also I don't, I, then we can talk about it. I don't, I don't think I've seen enough of Christmas's game to be like, Oh, she's socially well situated or she's a good social player yet. But there's potential there. There's more potential there than I think I came into the preseason giving her. So I'm intrigued to see this matchup right here. Yeah. Uh, it's Tyler trying to be uh, Christmas's Paul. Yeah. Tyler trying <laughs> to be Cody's Derek. Uh, now he just needs to work on Ian to be his Dan. Um, so uh, so they, they're down. Let's do this. Christmas leaves the room and in walks David. You ready to do this, man? Like, let's go. Uh, <laughs> it was literally right back to back to back. 
like Tyler it, one-on-ones. It's 15 minutes ish. This whole thing is like, you can easily catch it on the piece for about 15, 20 minutes. You get all three of them. Yeah. David comes in ready to ride this out. David's like, let's do it. Um, we've have to envision it. We have to get there. They there. And like, they're riding, they're doing well. And I think Tyler has done a, if these are people that he's going to carry through the Christmas and the David, this is a phenomenal pick in people. I do think that, you know, I, I think one of us on this panel is going to talk about people's legacies coming soon, I assume. Um, and what I think is key in an all-star season is it's harder to garner votes when you don't have much of a legacy to your name if your game was so-so. So if you he gets to the end with a Christmas or with a David, doesn't matter how good a game they play, he can leverage his legacy and have a good chance at it. So these are both primo choices, maybe top two choices, in my opinion, of people you want to sit at the end with. So to have both of them locked up in final twos, this is crafty. This is cool. Um, I know there's some Tyler fatigue in the community. That's not me, baby. I'm excited to see Tyler do this stuff again, especially because they gave they upgraded Tyler to the adversity plus with uh, with the casting. Once people got removed, they're like, hey, Tyler, you are an easy difficulty. Here's legendary. See what you got. So far, so good. It's only been two days. This could easily go down the river by tomorrow. But right now, I'm comfortable in saying I think he's playing the best and not enough people are onto it and not enough people are worried about him and they really should have been from the get-go. Yeah, there are like two, maybe three kind of like goat E players um, <laughs> that will have a harder time winning in the end. Um, I think Christmas and David are the two biggest uh, with Enzo as a potential third. Um, and that's really valuable in a cast of sharks uh, and a cast of lions to be able to have the, you know, the hyenas on board with you, um, uh, especially if they're not particularly dangerous hyenas and there's not too many of them. Um, and so to for Tyler to be able to pick up David and Christmas to be the number one, like David's number one, Christmas's number one is so huge because they're both very capable competitors. They're both very willing, I think, and able to win competitions. They are the most valuable kind of allies because they win competitions for you. They're loyal and you can probably beat them in the end. It You can't ask for better allies. No, you really couldn't. You really couldn't. I think this is probably the um, the best bargain bin purchases for an alliance that you could even ask for, especially in a cast makeup like this. I think that, um, especially, I think that he's going to be able to have easy control over them. And I think this is the type, these are the type of people you get in on the ground floor with them yep. and you are solid. Like, and he's done that. This is something that I would argue Cody should have been doing that Cody didn't do. Tyler did while not having you know, the HOH key. So that's the move. Mm -hmm. uh, Cody's working on Enzo, but again, it's pretty slow. Um, and, uh, but I think, I think he's mostly got Enzo, but I think Enzo is a little savvier than, uh, than Cody is giving him credit for. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not sure it's going to work out as well as he wants. So that was, that was Tyler makes a bunch of final twos. Um, <laughs> Nicole, talks to Kaser. This is Nicole Anthony. Uh, if I'm talking about Nicole, I'm referring to Nicole Anthony. Uh, Kaser says that uh, she looks... Uh, you know what? 
No, I screwed up in my notes. This was Franzel. Um, <laughs> darn those Franzels, Nicole's. <laughs> um, one of them needs to go. Uh, yeah. Kaser says that Franzel looks nervous. She says she hasn't had a chance to talk to Cody. She just wants to make sure they're cool. Uh, Kaser is not sure if he should go and talk to Cody. This is going to be a recurring conversation with Kaser and Janelle uh, with many people throughout the day. They're not sure if they should talk to Cody. They're not sure if they should play in the competition. Um, Franzel is going to act nervous all day. Um, she's going to cry later in the day uh, about how she misses home. And uh, it's going to be interpreted as, oh, she's acting like she's nervous when she's not. Uh, it's very see-through. Um, again, her social game leaves a bit to be desired. Um, but uh, but this is very representative of the Kaser Janelle conversations throughout the day, being very worried about, like, should I talk to Cody? I mean, like, nobody's talking to him. He's not talking to anybody. I'm worried. Uh, they Like, Kaser and Janelle... They're experienced players. They can sense that something's up, but they don't know how to operate in this weird uh, sort of uh, game that's going on where everybody is walking on eggshells. Yeah, it's because it's, it's hard. It, once everyone's walking on eggshells, it's, it's hard to convince yourself to be the first one to cast a stone, the first one to like do something. Because like, if, I, if ev- no one's saying anything and then you go up to the HR, you're like, should I be worried? Now it's like, oh, now you're am I giving them a reason for me to be worried? Like, you know, it's a it's a it's a whole mess um, to think about. I want to just come back down and talk quickly about the fact that Nicole did a poor job throughout the day of convincing people that she has no allegiances to code. It's yes. hard to it's hard to buy. Like you've played on seasons with both her him and his brother. Like there is almost zero reason anyone should buy what you're selling. You can do the thing of like you know, I, I moved away and like, you know, with Victor, like things that I, I, my I, amazing race, like my life's not in the same place. Use some reasons like that. But to be like, oh, I don't feel safe. It's like, come on. Like you are at least the devil he knows. Like he is not concerned about you. Especially, yeah, better. especially later in the day um, after the safety competition, I think that like it really seals that perception. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, but uh, but yes, um, it's it's become very obvious to everyone that she is working with Cody. Um, so Janelle talks to Memphis. Uh, they talk about not wanting to play in the competition, but not being sure about it. Um Memphis feels like he doesn't want to play in this competition because uh, there's so many people in the house right now. The house hasn't divided into teams yet. Um, And so the odds of being nominated right now are essentially lower because it's like Cody could nominate any one of 15 people um, versus, you know, future weeks where the house may be divided and you know you're looking at somebody from the other side of the house winning an hoh and they're choosing from a smaller group of people uh and so he would prefer to play when the, those odds are smaller um uh or so i thought that was fairly reasonable i thought it was a fun uh take on it yeah, I I I was so wrong on Memphis coming into the season. I thought he was going to be a complete dummy. I thought he was kind of be like a like a JT in Game Changers level of like dumb. Like I thought really did. I've been wrong. I think Memphis is playing well socially. I think this is a correct read for someone like Memphis because if Memphis plays this safety comp 
he could end up on a couple radars. Right now, he's on zero radars. If he doesn't play, he's not known. He's not looked at. He can continue being quiet. And then next week, he plays. He can just cop it up to be like, listen, I didn't want to play with everybody in the third round. Logically, it made sense. Or he plays in the third and no one's thinking anything about it. So this was great for Memphis. It was the correct read for Memphis because I think no one's looking at a Memphis. So I, I'll admit when I'm wrong. I was wrong on Memphis. Um, you don't catch me saying that often, but I will admit that. There you go. Uh, Cody and Enzo talk about how they are good. And this is what I was talking about with Cody working on Enzo. Uh, they want to ride together. They feel good about Tyler. Uh, Cody again says the thing about Tyler is that he doesn't win competitions and they need people that will win. Um, you know, this, I'm wondering, uh, like, this seems to be a line. I don't know if he is using this as like, hey, I'm not super tight with Tyler. Don't worry about it. I'm really with you. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he would say it to Enzo, who doesn't win competitions. Um, but uh, he definitely feels this way. Um, I think it's a little bit true as well. I think that Tyler will probably throw some competitions. Uh, I'm very curious to see. I don't know if we'll ever get to this point because I don't know if they'll be successful as a duo. But I definitely see Tyler and Cody clashing at some point. If if let's say Cody and his crew, they do win all the competitions and they make it far. I think at some point there's going to be uh, a big um, like I, I think that they recognize the danger in each in each other. Um, but uh, but I, I don't I don't I think one of them is going to get clipped before it happens, to be honest. That would be a shame because I've also to talk about specifically. So that's Cody's line. Cody's line about Tyler is he could I think he's going to throw some comps. We need people who can win them. But then on the flip side, I'm not going to go too far deep into the day. There's been a couple conversations that Tyler's been a part of where he keeps throwing out that, oh, Cody, he wants to work with all the guys. I think he's just going to follow focusing on the guys. That's his line about Cody. I think they're already like, I think what you're saying, I want to see that clash happen. I think they're going to work together to start. I think at some point they know they have to take one another out. So I would be intrigued to see that. And I think they're already putting the seeds in. Um, It's just a matter of who's going to do it better, who's going to have the better connections. And in the event that one hits first, who is that going to be? I think what I would like to see is like somebody anti Cody and Nicole Franzel winning next week. Yes. Putting up like Cody and Nicole Franzel. Um, But Cody like survives. Franzel gets evicted. Um, But with Cody on the block, Tyler has to distance himself and kind of like flip to the other side. Um, And, and we start to see like, uh, that um that they are now they're already kind of having to uh to go against each other um that would be interesting to me because I, I think that's what tyler would do i think he would flip over um, and be like i'm I'm not with those what <laughs> i mean he was hoh last week and he was like wanting to work with dudes but uh i didn't realize all that uh, all that stuff he was doing with franz all like oh man yeah i i was i was betrayed i'm a wounded bird right now yeah and if anyone can do that successfully it's tyler that is very much in his wheelhouse of being able to distance himself, pretend he has no idea what's going on, side with the other side while having the blueprint for both sides of the house. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so Janelle is going to talk with Keisha right before the feeds cut for the um, the competition. And um, they are both worried about talking to Cody. Uh, mm-hmm. Keisha feels like 
I think I think I might go up. I think you might go up. Um, I think it's happening. I think he's working with these people. I think that we're in trouble. Um, like Keisha's got it all clocked. Um, and she's telling Janelle, like, you should play. Because up to this point, Janelle's been like, I don't think I should play. Yeah. Um, but Keisha essentially convinces Janelle she should play. And Janelle's like, I mean, I guess we should both play. Um, and then I was watching and I was like, what did you guys just do? It's better for you if the other person doesn't play because now you're competing for safety. Uh, And I think they also both realized it in that moment. (laughs) And then they were like, you know, thinking about it, though, I think you're good, Janelle. I don't know. Um, And she was like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're uh, maybe I mean, it's probably like one of the two of the four of us, you know, me, Kaser, you, Memphis, um, you know, so yeah. Uh, (laughs) I think the immediate clock of also thinking about it and be like, yeah, snap. If Janelle wins, she's not going to pick me as her plus one. Kaser's sitting right there. Okay, I can't have that. It was very fun to watch them go through this exercise together. But I also think that I don't necessarily know how likely they would have been to participate if not for this conversation they had with each other. So it's kind of like they either realize that they both might compete or none of them would have competed. So we wouldn't have gotten one or the other. It had to happen this way. Right. And And so like the confusing thing is that the feed's cut and by the time they come back up, we found out we find out that Keisha didn't actually compete. So no. either Janelle convinced her not to play um, or she had a conversation with Cody that convinced her not to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not sure what it was because she seemed pretty determined to play. Um, and I, I don't know why she didn't. I think it was a mistake not to. She's now going to end up going uh, probably on the block because the two people that did play when really they probably should have coordinated a little bit better. But I guess Just if they thought Keisha was going to play uh, Kaser and Janelle both competed. Kaser wins the safety and there he is. My boy. Um, (laughs) And he's going to save Janelle. I was just uh, I was waiting for them to be like uh, carrying each other through the house. Um, (laughs) I get I still get it. I get that you guys are being chill and I get that you're older. But I'm going to need some Kaser and Janelle uh, excitement and enthusiasm soon because I need some what up Kaser's. I need some uh, intense celebrations. I need some uh, bye byes. Uh, I need it. <laughs> I mean, Taryn. How like. I was so worried, OK, because I'm watching the draft last night and Taryn's the fifth pick. I'm like, all right, Taryn. You got this. What are you, where are you going to go? I have a good feeling. He's going to pick like the obvious picks. You picked Kaser. And I was like, God, we're on the same team, but why would you do this to yourself? He's safe. I'm not saying that that's a winner right there, but I'm glad you I'm have him for another week. I'm not saying that I did it. Yeah. You won with your heart. You won with just, your heart. Those two events happened one after another. Oh, you're taking credit? I'm just saying, I, no, I'm not. I'm not taking credit. I'm just saying, I'm not saying that I did it. Uh-huh. That's not what I'm doing. No. <laughs> but he did win. That He did win. He did win. And he uh, saves his plus one is Janelle. This couldn't have been a better situation. I think that, you know, to quickly go back to the, the, the Memphis combo about how Memphis made the right call in, you know, realizing that he doesn't need to do this. He's on no one's radar. Kaser's been on almost everybody's radar um, in, in a not good way. 
in a very much he's already a target way. So this safety, because we talked about this, we've I've talked about this in the preseason. Kaser needed to be in a position where he can lay some social game in and like relationships in. And the only way to do that now was safety. And he got it because if he was on the block, he'd have to be trying to stay alive in the game the whole week. Now, lay the work in. D- relax. Talk to the people. Because I think the the first night's feeds worth of Kaser we got, it was a lot of like people were not vibing with him. They were not on the same wavelength. I think he wasn't coming off as chill. Um, or like his conversation was like a little bit more dry, maybe or like less, more serious, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm so happy. I don't want to put any expletives out there. I'm so happy he's here. I'm so happy he's safe. And I'm so happy that I at least get to speak about him for one more update. Potentially. I know. Like, I'm so happy. Look, Kaser's journey to make jury. One down. Four to go. One down. <laughs> one down. We can get there. At least we have one down so far. Um, so uh so that's what happens. And so Kaser and Janelle are safe. Cody's nominations are going to have to change. And this is what solidifies for in everyone's eyes that Franzel is in with Cody. She is the first person he talks to. She is in there for a little while. Um, and it's obvious that she's a little bit upset. Um, and it just, it becomes very clear. Okay. He was planning on nominating Janelle and Kaser. Things went wrong. Nicole had to go up. Franzel had to go up there and talk with him about the change in plans. Um, and again, so this is what I'm talking about because he's not talking to everybody. And it's such a it's such a baseline strategy move when you're HOH. Just have a one on one with everyone. Just do it. It, Everybody understands it. It puts pressure off of them because they get one on one time with the HOH. And it allows you to be like, this was consensus. Um, And it hides the real conversations that you're having with your real allies. Um, When you aren't talking to anyone and Franzel goes up there. And she's the only person you talk to one on one. And then Tyler goes up there and he talks to you one on one. It becomes very clear what your priorities are. Um, yeah. And so Cody talks with Franzel. He he always wanted to do Keisha more so than Janelle anyway. So for him, Keisha's a given now. Um, throw Keisha on the block. He just needs to figure out who do I put up next to Keisha. Um, they throw out a couple of options and end up landing on Kevin. Just as he doesn't, just, yeah. It's, I don't talk to him. He doesn't have any people. Yeah. Easy person to put up. Just slot him there. I do think that um he was. I think Ian was a little bit floated out there, but I think Franzel has made it clear that she doesn't want Ian up there. Mm-hmm. I think they also both talked about in the potential future where two winners were to be put up. Her and Ian. Ian would go, so they want to like save that and not do that. I think Kevin was just the easy like. There's no attachments there. He's not going to probably go because we're going to make it clear it's Keisha. And then Keisha goes, yeah, here's the thing, right? So and I don't want to, I want to preface this by the reason I'm bringing up this example is because he brought it up in the house yesterday. So Tyler was talking about, and I don't remember who exactly he was talking to, but he brought up the fact that in his first HOH, he went with the first two people that dropped because it's a very cop-out, easy way to do things and move on. And by doing that, you can, 
claim no game and then you can claim just talk to people moving forward and just keep communicating for the week. By going upstairs after a comp like this and mulling things over, it shows that there were, you know, things you had decided that now you have to change. Like, don't do that. Sit in the living room, sit in the kitchen, eat, just do nothing and make it seem like, oh, I had no plans anyway. Now I'll just have to figure out what the plans are anyway. Like this was very transparent. It was poor. Um, this, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I expected more from them as a duo. If I expected more from Cody, I'm not sure where I lay on that. But what I can say is that I wasn't impressed. Um, but I'm also happy that it didn't work out. Yeah, I'll say again, like he, his head was in the right place, but he was expecting the game to play for him. Right. Um, and, and in a lot of circumstances, it would have. But not this one. Sometimes you get bad cards and you need to do some work to get your get the spot into where it needs to be. Uh, he was waiting for he's waiting for things to to happen and they're not happening, which means he needs to start making them happen. Um, and he doesn't need to do all that much. He's in a position to do it, but he's worried about doing too much. And I, I think that I, I I've beat this drum for so long. There's this narrative in the community uh, and clearly in the player community that there's such thing as playing too hard, too fast. You playing too hard. I disagree with that notion. You need to play hard when the opportunity is there. Don't, just don't play messy. Don't play hard when you don't need to play hard. But if you're in a situation and things aren't lining up, you do need to play hard. Um, and you should always be working in places when you see an opportunity uh, that that allows you to work. Just don't be messy. Don't be don't be uh, you need to be smart. Uh, play smart and hard. Right. Smartly hard. Smartly. Um, hard. Well, that's the thing is that, you know, when you have the ball, when you have ball possession in sports, you have to play offense. When you don't have the ball, you play defense. You have HOH. You have control. Play a little bit of offense because you have yeah. possession right now. That's the move. Yeah. Um, so uh, and, and like, because here's the thing, like what constitutes playing hard? Some people will say Cody's playing too hard, too fast. Did you see him up there with Franzel? They're playing too hard. Um, but the reality is they're not playing hard enough. If they were playing harder, then that would have been masked by plenty of other conversations and there'd be a group around them and they'd be a lot more insulated and they'd be in a much better position. Um, the problem, the problem is that by not playing hard enough, it actually makes you look like you're playing harder without the results to show for it. So, um, so they land on Keisha and Kevin, um, Cody feels like he can kind of like talk to Kevin afterward and like smooth things over. I think that these, these choices of nominations are a mistake. Um, Keisha is not that much of a threat to Cody. Keisha will probably work with Janelle and Memphis and them um, and, and Kaser. Sure. But she's not their closest ally. She's barely anybody's ally right now. It doesn't help anyone to take out Keisha. It doesn't help him. It doesn't really hurt anyone to take out Keisha, but it does kind of like, again, because he's not doing it as a consensus, it just looks like him strategically taking a shot at Keisha, which makes him look dangerous. Putting up Kevin, I think is an even worse move because Kevin mm -hmm. is willing to work with Cody. 
Uh, he's going to have a conversation with Cody later where he tells him he's willing to work with him. Um, there are other people in this game who are not as willing to work with Cody, uh, who he could put up. Um, and what I think is going to happen here is if he puts up Kevin and Keisha, there's going to be a flip that an attempted flip, at least mm-hmm. where he wants Keisha gone and the house is going to say, no, if that's what you want, then we're going to want the other thing. Um, and if that happens, that's disastrous. We talked about it on the first HOH podcast that I did in the off season. The main thing, like if you can just like being the first HOH provides many advantages. The main thing, though, is that you need to take your target out. You need to be on the right side of the votes. Um, and he is he is presenting an opportunity for the right side of the votes to not be his side of the votes. Um, and it's this it's very dangerous. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what happens when there's not enough study done on. Hey, so what is the target that I can get out that everyone is kind of going to be OK with? That is kind of someone that I don't want in the house anyways. And that keeps me off the radar for the next week when I don't have power. And I do not think this is it. I do think Keisha is low-key the quintessential middle right now. Where, like, she's not really claimed by either side that strongly. She doesn't. I don't think she's, like, swaying one way or the other all that much. I think the idea, one of the ideas behind Keisha was also, we can take Memphis if Keisha's gone. Which I don't really think they're that big of a pairing. To take that them both! Show. Like, yeah, what take what's, them both? It's a two for one package. Why wouldn't you take both? If you if you feel strong enough that you have a Memphis, then bring in Keisha. That's two numbers. You need that right now. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. As much as as much as I hate to say this, Cody should be targeting Nicole Anthony, Ian, like uh like the, these people. Um, you know, people that are not working with him um, and will likely be working with Janelle and Kaser, especially now that Janelle and Kaser are basically wise to the fact that he was coming for them in their safe. Um, and now we're picking up allies and those are a couple of those allies. Um, he needs to get a, like, he needs to have a better sense of where Memphis is at because Memphis might go to that side and not be with him. And now all of a sudden he's against Memphis and he could have put Memphis on the block, uh, especially if he does nominate Keisha. Um, he's, he's flying blind. He hasn't talked to people. He doesn't know the layout of the house and he's just taking shots in the dark. Um, and he's missing. Yeah. No, it's, it's very much, I think, um, I just I I don't I can't recall the last time I've seen someone play the first HOH this way. It, it's or like have it be unsuccessful. To my opinion, so far unsuccessful. Um, I, I'm curious to see if course corrects itself. I'm curious to see if you know the vetoes used. Is he going to fix the wrong that he's done? If he's able to fix the wrong that he's done, I don't know. Um, but I do think that it's leaving a lot to be desired and. I just and I think my biggest qualm is like you mentioned the whole take them both. But also, I don't think he has Memphis as much as he thinks he does. I don't think that's a, that's a guarantee. He's so that's, assuming he's. Yeah, just like, I had a good conversation with him. I think we can pull him in. Let's wait a little bit. No. Yeah, <laughs> don't wait. It's he's just, making yeah. bonds with those your enemies right now. Yeah. No, like he is literally in a position where he owes you nothing because you're not you're keeping him safe, but he's also not tight with you. 
He's working out all the angles. He's talking to everybody. And then if you especially think that they are as tight as you say they are because you can separate them and take one, the arrogance that you are going to also get, get to keep him after you take out his close friend, why would that happen? You'd have to really put in good social work for that to happen, put in good capital. I don't know if you're going to get that. I think, um, I think this might be the first instance in a minute where uh, Cody has not been successful in doing a thing on Big Brother because his season, things kind of worked out real, real hitmen all the time. So we'll see. This is adversity for him. Let's yeah. see how he does. Now, I will, I will say, I'm being very critical of Cody's game because he is in one of the top positions. He is still doing well. He is very well connected. He has a lot of comp threats on his side, and that matters in today's version of Big Brother. Uh, Cody could go on to do very well in this game. Um, what I am pointing out, because he is in the spotlight right now, is all of the missed opportunities that he is uh, that he currently is missing, um, and the uh, the you know mistakes that he's making in terms of targeting and stuff. Um, so I don't want to be like Cody's the worst player on this cast. He's no. about to be evicted. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's not what we're getting at here. What I'm getting at is Cody should be in the best position in this cast, and he's he's missing that, and he's falling closer to like middle plus um right. because of it yeah and i think I, I think what you said earlier about how this is a very like everyone's doing really well it's almost like you know even the worst person on this cast is doing pretty decently like that's the that's the truth for me uh maybe not the bottom person maybe they're doing really bad but for the most part it's it's a group of people doing real well but then some people are doing way better and i think um Having the power and having all the reasons to be number one on the list and not being number one is a missed opportunity that you've played. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So Danny is going to talk or Tyler comes up. He talks to Cody. Cody just kind of lets him know. But again, this is a bit of a mistake here because it just makes it obvious that Tyler is also in with Cody tight. Um, Danny is going to talk to Franzel. Uh, Franzel's like, I don't really know what Cody's going to do. Um, they talk about not trusting Nicole. They talk about Bailey working with Janelle. Danny goes up and talks to Cody herself um, and she says, Cody, I just want to let you know, I really like you. <laughs> you seem real. <laughs> um, she brings up that she uh, she's like, I mean, I've been waiting for like the big alliance to happen. Like, again, everyone's waiting for things to happen. Uh, like, guys, you're playing with all stars. These are good players. They're not just going to they know that being the per like uh like your side doesn't have a caser the dude willing to to take the fall for everyone else and take and and, and hold the flag you know um so i just i've been waiting for the big alliance to happen and cody's like oh, me too oh my god you bet you said big alliance Woo! all right i feel the same way i'm in yeah i mean Big alliance. I mean, I've been thinking like I've been throwing out numbers uh, and they did. They had a conversation. It was hilarious. Cody, uh, Tyler and Enzo. Cody and Ty Cody talked to Tyler about like, I've been waiting for Enzo to start the guys alliance. Um, and he is throwing things out like, yeah, Enzo, I really like uh, Memphis. Don't you? Do you like Memphis? Yeah. Yeah. Memphis. Memphis is great. Yep. I mean, uh, D David, too. I, uh, I think David's good. Yeah. David's David's great. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. David is David, great. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, I, like, how many how many votes do you need uh, to, you know, to carry the vote next week? Uh, like says four, seven, six. What, what do you think, Enzo? 
Yeah, I think uh, yeah. I think the mistake, obviously, that's the correct read of this guy made the created the brigade, and he was you know in this all men alliance. He's if he's down to do it again, I'm down to be in it. Let him make it again. The problem is Enzo came into this scene be like, like let's say even he wants that to be the case. He wants to have a two point brigade. I don't think he wants to make it this time. I don't think he wants to be the name on it. I think he thinks that at the very least, his game is at least a little bit like known. So why would I want to be the creator? I don't want to be the creator. And I think that is the correct move for Enzo. And I'm not going to give him that credit. I'm not going to be willing to say that that's downright what he's doing. Um, But I, I just love that the meow meow is not succumbing to this right meow and is just staying away from creating it, but a willing participant if it comes along. But it's so funny watching all night, Cody, anytime they're in a room together, Cody trying to make this happen and it wasn't happening. Yes. So he's very excited when Danny brings up uh, there. Should, we should make a big. I mean, I look, I hate big alliances. I get it. I like they work. You know, <laughs> they, they, they can work. Um, and Cody's like, I, I'm with you. They talk about Franzel. They talk about uh, she she brings up Nicole Anthony and how she ghosted her. So the story here uh from danny's end is that uh you know she she doesn't she doesn't like doing podcasts she's a private person and uh she but she also doesn't like saying no to people and so they asked her to do the podcast and she was like ah she didn't want to say no but then uh you know things got out of hand and then she just never ended up responding um and so she feels like nicole anthony might not like her because of that um and so that's what she tells uh cody they talk about franzel and liking franzel uh she says i really like tyler i didn't think i would um and they talk about potentially bringing in like enzo franzel memphis tyler um you know like uh we can maybe bring these people in form some kind of thing uh which is Great. Like, honestly, like, this is what they should be doing. They need to be a little more active about it, I think. Um, but uh, the problem is they're so slow and he's not talking to enough people that it's just becoming obvious that those are the people that are connected. And so already before this group even has come together, people are scoping it out. <laughs> and that's what happens when you don't play hard enough. You're not obscuring what your move, your, what your moves are. Um, so it's dangerous. Kaser, yeah. Janelle, and Nicole have a conversation. K- uh, Nicole says that, yeah, when I talked to Cody, he said I was good. Like, uh, I was safe. Um, Kaser and Janelle are like, did not tell us that we were safe. Why would he tell you that you were safe and not anything else? Like, not like, hey, we're working together, you're safe, just you're good, and not tell us that we're good. He was definitely coming for us. I mean, come on. Um, And so they're very worried about that. Um, They're now worried that Memphis and Keisha will be the other targets, uh, the new targets now that they're safe. Um, Little do they know Memphis has worked his social game well enough that he's not a target, but they are correct on the Keisha front. Um, Janelle also saw Tyler go up to talk to Cody. She saw Franzel up there. Um, She's worried about that. She's seen David talking to those people. She watched David on his season. Poor David, who was 
barely on the season is getting uh, screwed over by how uh, the very little that he was able to give on that season. She's like, he really wanted to work with the guys and they didn't let him. He's now living out his dream. He's going to he's going to work with those guys. David is getting way too much credit for someone who didn't play. Did it barely got his? I don't even think got his clothes out really because like he had to wear a, a uniform the whole time he was there. Didn't get to implement any strategy. Got to have some reads and share some opinions. That's all he did was share some opinions. And then also is very clearly an unknown in the say he doesn't even know half the cast. He doesn't know the show. So to, for all of that to be in a person and then for you to still think that he that you have some kind of like read that he's going to be some like strategic powerhouse and has like opinions and things he's going to do david's going to go where the wind blows david is it's the first day of summer for david he was at school for a year and he's just going to do whatever he can and just chill like don't he's not the biggest fish in the sea you don't have to worry about this guy right now trust me like this is not a thing you need to figure out Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there's uh, some some other stuff. Uh, Ian comes in. He's going to talk with them for a little while. Um, Ian actually uh, goes on to talk about how uh, he is uh, autistic. Uh, he's on the spectrum, um, and he asks Kaser like, uh, "Did did, you, did could you tell? Did you know?" Uh, and Kaser's like, "Yes." Um, and that's uh, that's because I, I am too. Um, and he was like, "What?" Um, it was a very nice moment. Um, it really was. Yes, uh, Caser's gonna have a couple of those over the course of the night. Um, yeah, but uh, that was that was a sweet moment. You should uh, probably check it out uh, if you are looking for uh, that sort of thing on the feeds. Um, Caser's gonna go and talk to Janelle. And um, they are now, you know, freshly aware of the fact that they have, people are coming for them um, and they talk about who they can maybe work with. They talk about Nicole Anthony. Um, Kaser uh, was actually like, I don't know if I feel good about Ian, uh, like uh, strategically. Um, but uh, Janelle was like, no, 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 we 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 can trust him for now, at least um, like uh, not later. But for, for now, I think we're OK. Um Keisha and Memphis are people that they would like to work with and pull in. Um, and they talk about Tyler and they're like, I think that's so it sucks that Tyler's with Cody because we really want to work with him. Um, he's really nice. We like him a lot. But uh, but it might be too late. He might be on board with uh, with this Cody thing. Um, and so, uh, you know, we can't we Kaser says, look. We can't let this big group form around the HOH and start carving up the house and positioning things like we, if we give them too much uh, runway, they are going to uh, structure things in a way that will uh, is not advantageous to us. We need to prevent this from happening before uh, it gets too far. This is war. This is on. We need to do this. This guy, this guy over here. Look at him. Look at him. Look, he did this. He's onto them. He knows what he's doing. Granted, we, we've talked about it at length during this update about how, you know, no one's willing to put a ring on it. There's no like alliance carved out. There's no like proper, you know, he assumes that there's probably a name on it. There's not really even like a solid thing going yet, but he's correctly clocked the people that are in the mix. He's correctly looked at that. He knows which numbers he can rely on. He knows which ones he really can't be looking at. And he's ready to go to war. And I love every bit of it. 
I love every bit of it. I know that I, you know, coming in, talking about him on the hypothetically series, I was like, this is going to be a different case here than what we saw last time. It's, it's more of the same, quite frankly, but I'm okay with it. I think that this is good. I'm liking it. I'm happy about it. Uh, obviously, a little bit of bias and emotions mixed in what I'm saying right now, but I don't care. I'm very happy. Um, I, I think that here's the problem. So he's saying the whole thing about like, they probably already have an alliance and everything to go back and talk about the point we've made. If they had settled this yesterday or early morning yesterday and they solidified their alliance, there wouldn't be as much nervousness because they wouldn't be seen together. I think exactly marinating on it all day with like your two of you are in this room for a certain amount of time. You're up in the HOH, you're chilling here. One of you's going in at a time. Like the longer you've given them opportunity to look at the painting, the more they've noticed things. That's on you for not locking it down earlier. When the problem is, you want this alliance, so you should then lock it down. There's no reason to be waiting on it if this is what you want. So it's a mistake on their part and bad on them because Kaser and Janelle, for, every, for them being you know, a, a very quick players, heavy players early on and being like in a bad spot, they have incredible reads. They are seeing the map. They know what they need to do now. And I would be shaking my boots if I was against them. Yes, and look, I, I get it. But before you tweet at me, before you reply to my tweets about, you know, how great Kaser is, I know and I recognize and I think many people do. This is probably not going to work out well for Kaser. Leading a war against a side is not a good place to be for any player. No. And this is what Kaser does. And it's why he goes pre-jury. And he's probably going to be in a position where he will go pre-jury if he's not careful about this. And, you know, it. look, it happens. But it's, look, every season needs a Kaser. I think that's what we're, we're finding out. Every season needs a player who is willing to just be like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not just going <laughs> to let one big alliance dominate this game i will resist i will fall on my sword to let my crew have a chance at this game and it's essentially what he's doing here we'll see uh it's it definitely feels very you know very caser very uh he goes out pre-jury but uh you can't help but love it you really can't here's the thing right He's going to give us an entertaining pre-jury should he go out in the pre-jury because of this. That is one thing. The second thing is my whole thing was coming into this house 14 years removed from the game. He's going to be non-threat. No one's going to really look at him. No one's going to focus on him. I was worried about him being there with Janelle. Sure enough, him being there with Janelle, they've clocked that. And for some reason or whatever, they've been looking at him from early on, despite him not really doing anything. Um, So... This is almost his only other move is, hey, I'm noticing this happening. Let me stop it. Let me do one thing that I can do at least and stop them from just picking us off because I can't just sit there and let that happen. So that's what he's doing. He's not, uh, he is definitely not a great player, not like top five by any means, whatever. But I think he has reads that are up there in the top five very good reads quick to understand the blueprint oh yeah. the problem is he doesn't keep it to himself he puts it on the he puts it on the board and he's like hey everyone 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 look at this blueprint look look this is what's going on this is what we need come here come here listen to me you are you with them you're not with them you're with me now we have to do this that's Kaser. so he has one good half which is the reads and understanding where where the bodies are laid 
The problem is he has no problem getting his hands dirty after that. Whereas like most good players would be like, I know where it is. Let me like in the background, figure my shit out now. He's like, go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. So this is a quite a long update. Uh, they oh, have yeah. woken up at this point and I'm already seeing, and this is, oh, no. uh, it's, it's, it's a great example of what I'm talking about uh, from the other side of things. Davon and Bailey are locking in a, uh, a uh, Davon calls it uh, Black Girl Magic Alliance. Um, okay. And Davon says to Bailey, David won't even talk to me. He's very distant with me, and I don't know why. I would love for us to work together. And Bailey replies, let's put it together then. Let's do this. Like, let's grab, like, yes, that is what, don't be... If you're worried about grab them, pull them in. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Literally, everyone is on the table available right now. Get yours before they're gone. Mm-hmm. This is the time to lock people in. This is the time to make people commit because once you get like two weeks in and people have already locked stuff up and now they're being extra cagey because they don't want to upset the apple cart. Now there's not enough leeway. This is the, the time to do it. And this seems like a buyer's market of a house because no one's doing it. So you have your pick of the litter. Go yeah. to anybody and lock something up. It's just available. Yeah. Uh, all right. So back to the game here. Um, Kevin and Devon talked about working together last night. Uh, Devon talked about Kaser and Janelle. Um, Devon, known for being very perceptive in the house, um, had some uh, some pretty wild reads uh, last night. Um, she was actually very down on Kaser and Janelle um, and was like, what a mistake to play in that competition. They didn't even need to. And they put it just put a target on their backs uh, for no reason. Um, and she was uh, she was spreading that around. Um, she really feels like uh, she that uh, Cody's a super trustworthy guy. Don't worry about Cody forming a bro alliance. Um, worrisome. She talked with Nicole. They talked about uh, Nicole Anthony. They talked about working together. This is when she talked about Franzel not thanking her for her jury vote. Um, and they just spent a lot of time bonding. Um, she is, uh, you know, working on these relationships. She, uh, they, Nicole Anthony, Devon and Kaser bonded some as well. Um, this is when Devon talked about how she is trying to take it slow, um, trying to feel people out before uh, making alliances, um, which I get. But again, uh, sometimes you need to like you, you don't need to go up to somebody like David and be like alliance. Yes, for sure. But if you're worried about him, go and talk to him and feel him out and try to like develop a relationship with him. Um, talk about like, would you be open to the idea of working together? Get something out there. Um, I feel like these people are being just a little too cautious. Um, but in this conversation, this is when Kaser talks about the first time he played um, and being really unhappy with the state of the world. Uh, They were in a war with Iraq and that's where he was from. And he really wanted to be on the season to represent his culture. And he goes on to talk uh, about, um, you know, standing up for doing the right thing. Uh, It's, it's, it's really, really good. I recommend you uh, watch this uh, clip from Kaser because it's, uh, it's just, I was, I was watching Kaser. I was listening to Kaser and I was like, come so far from last year to hear this on the feeds right oh man last year we were in the polar opposite of this i feel like this was the most important conversation for me i tweeted last night i was watching live and 
this was worth every second of wait 14 years waiting to see him come back. This was if he leaves next week, whatever. We got this moment and that means the world to me. As someone who comes from that side of the world to see him be the representation for us, to see him speak on these issues. I loved every bit of it. I have the time stamp down. It's uh, 1050 um Big Brother time, 150 Eastern time. I really that took too long for me to figure out. 150, 1050, go look it up. It was worth your time. If not, go to my Twitter. I've retweeted it. it the video's there. It, it's, it's the most important thing that has happened. And I, I couldn't be more proud uh, to be from where I am. And Kaser reminded me of that last night. So I'm just very appreciative to have Kaser there. What up, Kaser? Um, (laughs) what is happening how are we talking about him in 2020 how am i uh, life feed updating about this this is surreal oh man i felt that last night i was just like caser is talking to nicole anthony um devon is talking to caser uh all right um so tyler and cody talked a bit more later in the night cody gets he told was like i get it Kaser and Janelle, uh, why they competed. Like, I probably wasn't reassuring enough to them. Um, Tyler had a conversation with Kaser a little bit before this, where um, essentially Kaser wanted to let Tyler know that he, like, because this is Kaser. He's like, I want him to know that I know he's working with Cody. Uh, and so, but he wanted to do it subtly. Um, and so he was telling Tyler, like, I talked to Cody and I said, I, I felt good with you. Um, and Tyler, um, I think to his credit, played this pretty well as well. Um, and really came off like, man, I like, I think that we can make this work out. Um, you know, I think that if, you know, how, how can we present this to Cody so that it's not like, you know, you, you know, you, you didn't trust him, you know, you, oh, you won because you wanted to protect somebody else. You wanted to offer an olive branch. He's like, yeah, yeah. That, and that was it. Um, and Cody, uh, Tyler was like, yeah, I think you should talk to Cody about that. Tell him that I will, um, I will back you up on it for sure. Uh, like, you know, yeah, we can, we can make this work work i think this could be the make or break for tyler's game Uh, if he can get caser then he will lock in a very firm foundation for himself if he is not able to lock in caser then he's gonna have a tougher time grabbing this wild buck of a game uh so um this was a very interesting conversation to me so tyler goes and he talks to cody later and he does say, Kaser came up to me, said he might want to work with you, but he's worried about, uh, you know, all of this stuff. Um, I think I'm worried. I think that Kaser might be saying this because he knows we're working together and he's trying to cover his bases, uh, which is was what was happening. Yeah. Uh, but Cody was like, ah, I don't know. Like, I think maybe we can make me we can work this out. Um, Cody was still wary of Christmas. And Tyler was like, dude, she named her baby loyal. If you lock her in, she's locked in. Like, don't don't worry about Christmas. Um, and uh, and Cody talks about how he doesn't want to end up like Tyler at the end of his game with too many friends, too many promises. Tyler agrees. I hope they're both BSing each other because right now they need to be making more promises and more friends. Uh, that is what they should be doing, in my opinion. I saw a tweet yesterday just in passing that i've been thinking about cody's kind of playing like they're at the final eight like he's play like this is a little bit more late game like this whole like promises and friends at the end that's true potentially not in week one week one make all the friends make all the promises 
bounce them later, like just ignore them, forget them, especially in the pre-jury phase. None of these people are going to be at the votes at the end. Don't worry about that part of it. Obviously, you don't want to come off as a, you know, two-faced backstabbing person because then no one's going to want to like ride with you closer to the end. But I think at the very least, you have to cast as many nets as you can right now. Maybe not aggressively, but at least subtly, which you're not doing enough of. Yeah. And like, I don't know, to me, the idea of not wanting to be like Tyler at the end of Big Brother 20 is ludicrous because (laughs) if I could pick any one player to be in the spot of in the end game, it might be Tyler because... He was a lock for final two. Exactly. From like the final eight on. And he got all of those people's jury votes in that final end game. He lost all the people before that portion that he didn't get their jury votes. But he was a lock to get there and he got all of their jury votes except for like Sam. Um, and yeah. so like uh, like B Tyler in the end game. A hundred percent. He was in a great spot and he was in complete control over who he got to the final two with. Um, yeah. Like he just chose the wrong person. So like you do want to be where Tyler was at the end of Big Brother 20. That's a great place to be. Yeah. If anything, you don't want to be where Cody was at the end of Big Brother 16. Like, because like Tyler, like it was way, way better situated in my opinion. But alas, it's week one. People make mistakes. They say wrong things. Let's see if he corrects himself moving forward here. Yeah. Um, so Janelle talks to Nicole for a while. She warns her about the guys. She thinks that David wants to work with them. Um, and Nicole doesn't like hearing this. Like, uh, she, she likes David. He's family. He's part of her season. Um, but Janelle is really pushing hard. He can't trust David. Um, and I think Janelle's pushing a little too hard here um i i know i don't think that you know nicole anthony could necessarily trust david but she should certainly not shun him um at this point which is kind of what janelle wants her to do janelle wants it to be like all right our team versus their team sorry sorry nicole but david is on their team you gotta cut that one off Mm -hmm. um and nicole's kind of like i don't want to do that yeah, not, I think this is a bit of a misstep on Janelle's part because it, you don't want if you your allies have loose ties or ties to other people, that's good for you in case those other people when and your allies can put in a good word for you. That's a good spot to be in by forcing a complete divide. Yes, you're going to have numbers, but now you're in a position where you better hope your side wins power because otherwise you're in trouble because also you're probably the bigger name on your side. So. I think by not by letting it be a little bit more like loose and letting her have her own allegiances or closeness with people while being most loyal to you, that's the appropriate move. Also, you're safe. There's no reason for you to be behaving. I would like for Janelle to say to Nicole, hey, you should use your connection with David to pull him over to our side instead of their side. Um, But uh, that's that's not really Janelle's M.O. Um, Kaser does join them. They talk about needing to watch out for Enzo. They think that uh, him and Cody might have pre-gamed. And they talk about the alliance they think is probably forming something like Cody, Enzo, Franzel, Tyler, David, maybe Danny, um, which is pretty darn close. Mm Mm-hmm. Looking and it hasn't real. even happened yet. 
No, that's the problem. This is the problem is that they want this. The people that he they named are pretty much the names. And that is who the people want to be in an alliance with. The problem is at that point, once you know you want this, lock it up because you can lock it up and you could all walk into different directions and not address it. And now you're safe. The more and more they let it sit there in front of people in plain view without a commitment, you're going to get the tag of you're an alliance without being an alliance, which is so much worse. Because yeah. now you do not have the unity there. Yeah. You just have the stink of it. So so after they leave, Nicole talks to the cameras. She says that uh, she likes Janelle and Kaser, but she knows they're really smart. And she doesn't like that they're trying to say not to trust David. I mean, it's just kind of getting to her. She is worried. But uh, she's she's still kind of up in the air there. Um, she doesn't like that David hasn't talked to her too much yet, but she's not super concerned. What she is concerned about is why hasn't Tyler come to me yet? Why hasn't Tyler come to me and be like, been like, hey, we're both friends with Ovi. Like, uh, like, let's make something happen. And again, it's like people are people are like uh, bagging on Tyler for making too many deals already. But again, I disagree. I think he's not making enough deals. He needs to also go to Nicole Anthony because she's waiting for him. And I think that he could totally pick her up. I think that she would love to work with Tyler. Um, he should be doing more. Uh, and um, I think that uh, if he does get to her, that could that could be bad news for Kaser and Janelle, um, who both seem to trust her a lot. So. Um, I think that Nicole Anthony is a super valuable piece, especially if if Tyler can't get Kaser, getting Nicole Anthony would be would be super, super valuable. And he needs to be doing more. Um, so uh, she says she doesn't want to get too locked in. She wants to spend tomorrow talking with other people. So we may see a Tyler Nicole Anthony conversation today. That could be a pretty important one. Yeah, I think Nicole Anthony has done a phenomenal job of just playing the social game, talking to people, creating bonds, creating relationships, especially coming in as the uh, one of the two people from the last season, the one person from the last season who went far, came in third. She, you know, we saw her talk like a lot with Kaser and Janelle yesterday. We also saw her talk a lot with Kevin and Davon while Davon was solving the six hour puzzle. Uh, they bonded a lot to the point where Davon even called her an one of her allies and said, it feels really nice to say. So that's good on Nicole Anthony. And then she was talking with, she was there when Kaser and Davon were having the heartfelt conversation about the world today and how crazy it is. And then on the flip side, she made Kaser laugh right after, which is beautiful to see. Kaser was in his emotions. And then she immediately brought him out by talking about the terrifying things that are birds and broccoli or was it celery she wasn't liking and celery. Just, yeah, and how much she loves unicorns. Like it was all of that. I think she's doing a phenomenal job laying some personal relationships in. And if she is truly going to work with, like talk to new people today, that's also good for her. I think she's starting to put herself in a better position and no one's ever going to be really thinking about coming after her. So yeah. If not for if not for podcast drama, Nicole Anthony would be one of the top players on the board, I think. Yeah, I think the one the one stink that she has to her is the podcast drama that comes from Danny and Franzel, uh, mostly Danny. And should she survive this week without being influenced to end up on the block as like the post veto use person? I think she's in a, in a good position to at the very least coast these next couple of weeks without any issues unless Danny wins. Mm -hmm. Then I'd be a little worried for her. All right. Well, we've hit uh, two hours now. 
Um, wow. And uh, there's still more that we could talk about. Puya, I'm sure. Uh, is there anything else that you think uh, needs to be brought up? Um, I, just, I mean, I've, I've looked at, I told you boom, before we got on, this is the most notes I've taken on a feed update in like two seasons. So not really, not anything, not anything of like importance of value. I think today we're going to get noms. Keep an eye out for Kaser and Janelle. See what they're cooking up. See if the 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 boy, the lads finally solidify their thing. See if Franzel finally solidifies her thing. Those are the things you want to look at. And then just one last one last line um, that is just more of a comedy than it is of importance. Uh, so Danny asks Franzel who her enemies are. Franzel said Rachel, but she's pregnant. And then Danny said Big Meech. And then Franzel said Yeah, but she's not an all star. So yeah, the power of Franzel, the influence of Franzel is just known and parallel to none. But that's <laughs> it. That's all I got for you. Um, yes. Uh, and um, they, they, people want us to talk as well about Janelle mentioned some of oh, yes. the preseason rumors about uh, people having COVID and about uh, Nicole supposedly taking out uh, Derek um, in the preseason. Apparently, Dan uh, told uh, Janelle that uh, that that's what happened, um, but she has no idea how. Um, I am still very firmly of the belief that it is not true. Um, no. But uh, but Dan may have believed it or he may have uh, been having fun i'm not sure i mean uh, maybe dan can answer that question 9 44 a.m today dan tweeted out a smiley emoji a sideways <laughs> colon apostrophe <laughs> emoji so with that i would like to say that dan knows exactly what's happening um i think he's in on the joke and it's very fun i mean look <laughs> dan had one week to help Memphis pregame before he had to go into quarantine. So I don't know how Dan was working that. <laughs> yeah. What if Dan was the source of these crazy rumors in the first place? Then like we, we already know who got, has the crown, but I think <laughs> he gets the crown once again, he gets recrowned. So it's, it's, it's so funny how much, influence one can have by sitting at their computer chair and not being involved in the game it's it's phenomenal to watch it really is oh man all right so that's what we have for you today believe me we uh will have plenty more for you tomorrow at 11 a.m eastern um there will also be a round table tomorrow night we will help run through everything that we know uh to the to that point tomorrow night. Um, hopefully we'll have some sort of sense of what's happening with the nominations and the veto by then. Um, so there'll be plenty of fun to be had there. 9 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Um, but for now, that's what we have. Puya, what do you have going on? I have quite a bit, obviously. Big Brother season is in full swing. However, I am also part of a new journey. I am the host of the 90 Day Fiance Half Ups podcast, where we're going to be talking about all things 90 Day Fiance. There's two shows running um, side by side right now, Taryn. There's two versions of the show, two different seasons running at the same time. We're covering both of them. Uh, the latest podcast covering episodes eight and 10 of Happily Ever After and The Other Way just came out. I had two amazing guests from the class of 2020 in Mina and Jason. Check that out. You can find that at slash 90 Day Fiance. 
All right. Uh, you can, of course, find me on Twitter at Armstrong Taren and on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Taren Armstrong. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I'll see you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.